Breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God, you have made it, you have survived it. It is Friday. Congratulations. The weekend is nigh upon you, and hopefully you'll find some rest and relaxation from the week and be refreshed and ready to go for Monday when we go back to our normal programming uh, here across the GRN and on CDT's second hour. So we're looking forward to that. But it's been a great week of uh, uh, people supporting our apostolate. We're very grateful for all of you that support your local Catholic radio station. It means so much to us uh, trying to uh, keep the doors open, the lights on in Catholic radio waves flowing across your neck of the woods. So thank you for your generosity. But today on the program, we are going to ask the question, what would the ox say? Now, I had that uh, crazy song in my head about the fox. Not that one. The ox, you know, the angelic doctor, uh, Thomas Aquinas, joining us on the program here in, I don't know, uh, 12, 13, 15 minutes. It's going to be Dave Palmer. He hosts a program called Back to the Father, where he teaches the Summa Theologica. And um, this is going to be an interesting conversation because we're going to be talking about pride versus humility, virtue versus vice. What does the angelic doctor say about that? But similarly related to that is going to be our guest in the guest segment later this hour, my friend Mark Houck from the Kingsman Apostolate. He's hosting a healing retreat for military veterans. And I know for guys... It may be an especially military veterans, you know, pride and humility. These are difficult things. <laughs> this is a, a constant war within the self. Uh, that's true for all human beings. But I know that for a lot of men and even women who have served in combat, they, they're holding on to a lot of wounds and brokenness that uh, they, they haven't been able to share publicly. And this is a retreat that helps them with that, helps them find healing. So we're going to have that conversation with Mark Houck from the Kingsmen as well. And the team is here. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God, you survived it. Yes, we survived it. Well, it's so far weekend. anyway. So far, so far. That's so far. It's our last day on the share today, which means uh, we have just one more hour, one more goal to hit later today, and hopefully, by God's grace, we'll be able to you know, come off clean. That's that's the goal. That is the goal. That is the goal. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. And, uh, you know, my, I'm really excited for today because, you know, today is the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yes. So praise be to God. I'm praise very excited. There, It's uh, one of the greatest feasts, I think, uh, personally. And so I'm super excited. And there's a lot going on this weekend. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, amen. And I'm also looking forward to uh, the saint of the day. I, I hear there's a lot of consonants involved in the saint of the day today, so hopefully that'll go really well. And then, of course, in the gospel today, because it's Sacred Heart, we're going to skip, we're going to move away from Mark's gospel, and we're going to look at John, uh, John's gospel at the foot of the cross there. So we will be diving into that here in a moment, right after the breaking news and stories. And then, of course, as I said, Dave Palmer will be on from Back to the Father, and Mark Houck will be on from the Kingsman Apostolate. That's what's on the agenda today in this first hour. Hopefully you'll join us for all or part of it, but it should be very good conversation. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the Supreme Pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, 
convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Taking a look at the headlines today, U.S. death rates from heart disease and diabetes see largest increases in more than 20 years. Florida's Ron DeSantis says he would sign bill that bans transgender procedures for children. Reuters says Ivory Coast opens counterterrorism academy in partnership with France. Ivory Coast and France inaugurated a new counterterrorism academy in the West African country on Thursday, intended to boost regional capacity to combat a growing Islamist threat. The International Academy for the Fight Against Terrorism in the outskirts of Ivory Coast's commercial capital Abidjan will include a school for government officials, a training center for special forces, and a research institute. It comes as Ivory Coast faces increasing attacks from jihadist groups based to the north in Mali and Burkina Faso, who are trying to expand their reach toward the Gulf of Guinea. One soldier was killed in an attack in the northern Ivory Coast this week. The questions before us are clear how to fight effectively against terrorist groups that are more mobile than ever, how to prevent them from importing their strategy here. The French Foreign Minister Jean Ledra Duron at the Academy's opening. Regional states must step up their military cooperation, their security cooperation, and their judicial co- cooperation, he said, adding that the Academy will help with this goal. The Hill reports most online recruitment in sex trafficking cases occurs on Facebook. The majority of online recruitment and sex trafficking cases last year took place on Facebook, according to a new report. The Human Trafficking Institute on Tuesday said in its annual report that 59% of online recruitment of victims occurred on Facebook, along with 65% of child victims. The internet has become the dominant tool that traffickers use to recruit victims, and they often recruit them in a number of very various common social networking websites. Victor Boutros, CEO of the Human Trafficking Institute, told CBS News on Wednesday. Most of the traffickers used fraudulent job offers or feigned romance to target their victims. Traffickers often made promises to victims that included providing housing, material possessions, transportation, or drugs. The report went on to say that Instagram, which is owned by Facebook and Snapchat, were other commonly used platforms to target children while traffickers typically opted for WeChat when recruiting adult victims. Breitbart reports on a happening in India. Government accuses hospital of intentionally cutting off oxygen to patients. Government authorities in Agra, India, shut down a private hospital in the city on Tuesday after an audio clip surfaced online of the hospital's owner allegedly admitting he conducted a mock drill in April in which he cut off the oxygen supply of severely ill patients for five minutes to find out who will die and who will survive. On Tuesday evening, a notice outside the hospital announced it would be sealed from June 8th, the Indian Express reported, adding that the hospital's administration has been told to shift patients to another facility. The closure of Sri Paras Hospital in Agra, a city located in the northern Indian state of Uttar Pradesh, comes shortly after the Uttar Pradesh government ordered Agra officials to launch an investigation into the hospital's alleged oxygen cutoff drill, which took place on April 26th, according to the now viral audio clip. The audio allegedly captures the owner of Sri Paris Hospital telling colleagues on April 28th that he decided to conduct an experiment on patients after learning that regional oxygen supplies were dwindling amid a surge in demand for the gas. India's dire oxygen shortage affected hospitals nationwide in April, 
and was caused in part by the country's latest Chinese coronavirus surge. And those are your headline news for Friday, June 11th. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Ignacio Malion. Malian. He was born on the 18th of April, 1869 at Madrin, Turkey. He was the son of Melkon and in, in Fardia Malan. He studied at the convent of Bazumer, Lebanon, where he was ordained on the 6th of August, 1896. He took the name of Ignatius in remembrance of St. Ignatius of Antioch. Ignacio became a parish priest in Alexandria and Cairo, Egypt, from 1897 to 1910. He was dispatched to the Diocese of Madrin to restore order and discipline and became the Archbishop of, of Mardin on the 22nd of October, 1911. Working with the Armenian Catholic minority, he encouraged the devotion to the Sacred Heart. At the outbreak of World War I, the Armenians in Turkey, especially the Christians, became the target of persecutions. On the 30th of April, 1915, a group of Turkish soldiers surrounded the Armenian Catholic bishopric and church in Madrin. He claiming it was used to hide weapons, and on the 3rd of June, 1915, the Turkish soldiers arrested the Bishop of Malion, uh, along with many other Armenian Catholic priests and laymen. In court, Chief of the Police Mamadou Beck ordered the Bishop of uh, Bishop Mayalon to convert to Islam. The bishop declined and was beaten, tortured, chained, and imprisoned. On the 10th of June, 1915, Ignacio and, and over 400 other Christians, including 14 priests, were forced to march into the desert. When they stopped, Bishop Ignacio celebrated an impromptu liturgy with scraps of bread. The group was then murdered. The bishop was the last to die. At the last minute, Mamadou Beck again demanded that Ignacio convert to Islam. When the bishop refused, Beck shot him. He, he was shot to death on the 11th of June, 1915 by Mamadou Beck at Zer, and Zerzevan Cast, uh, Castle, Chenar Diyarbakir, Turkey. His body is reported to have radiated light for three days after his death. He was beatified on the 7th of October, 2001 by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Ignacio, pray for us. Praise be to God. Well done, uh, Adrian. Well done. Uh, the gospel today comes to us from John chapter 19, verses 31 through 37. Since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of the week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and that they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, and then of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth, so that you also may come to believe. For this happened so that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again... Another passage says, They will look upon him whom they have pierced. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I loved this uh, passage, especially on the feast day of the Sacred Heart, because of all the sort of the 
typological links back to the Old Testament that are just rich and full in this particular passage. St. Chrysostom would say, the water and blood streaming from the side of Christ are symbolic of the new life we receive in baptism and the nourishment we receive in the Holy Eucharist. That's a pretty common uh, look, a theme that you find among the early church fathers, you know, water and blood, baptism in the Holy Eucharist. But Tertullian, not a saint, for sure, not a saint, but Tertullian, writing in the third century, said, the blood and water signify the two baptisms of martyrdom and Christian initiation. Martyrdom, becoming a witness for Christ, even in, all the way to the point of your death, as our saint today uh, gave us witness. And this is, an, uh, this is a real thing that we need to meditate upon. When we are uh, baptized and confirmed, we are become Catholic soldiers for Christ. Uh, we have become martyrs, witnesses, even to the point of our death. And how many of us are prepared to do that? That's the real question. And he is the perfect sacrifice, of course, as Ignatius Catholic Study Bible points out. The fact that his bones were not broken is a link back to Exodus chapter 12 and the, the sacrifice of the lamb at Passover coming out of Egypt had to be intact and perfect. Only the best and most choice lamb would do. And that is our Lord, the perfect sacrifice. Uh, you know, I wish we had more time to, we should get Dr. Brain Petrie on and go over his book, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. Uh, did you know that every year when they sacrificed those lambs for Passover, they, they crucified those lambs. They, they stuck spits through their, their shoulders so that they would look like as if they were crucified and then placed that in the oven for the roasting. It's fascinating, all of the typological links here. But this is what Augustine says, St. Augustine. This is so incredible. He says, quote, Here was opened wide the door of life from which the sacraments of the church have flowed out, without which there is no entering in unto life, which is true life. Here the second Adam with bowed head slept upon the cross that thence a wife might be formed of him flowing from his side while he slept. O death, by which the dead come back to life. Is there anything purer than this blood and any wound more healing? Unquote. St. Augustine, how powerful is that? From the side of Christ comes the bride of Christ. That is the church. That is you and me. Let us be martyrs for the faith today in witness and word and deed. On the other side of this break, Dave Palmer, host of Back to the Father, is going to be on. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's great to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to be talking with Mark Houck from the Kingsmen, uh, the Kingsmen Apostolate, uh, a friend of mine for many years. He is uh, putting on a retreat this later this fall uh, specific to military veterans. It's a healing retreat, and I know for many of us guys especially, we, we hold on to our woundedness, our brokenness, we keep it deep inside of us, and we never want to share it. Well, those, uh, those, those people need help, and this is a men's retreat for people who have served our country, especially in combat, and have a lot of a woundedness and brokenness, and they need a private sort of a custom space just for them in order to, uh, to help and facilitate that healing. And we're going to have that conversation coming up at 35 past the hour. On with us right now via Zoom chat is the host of Back to the Father, well, which is uh, a program that you can, uh, you can be a participant in through YouTube and Facebook and uh, elsewhere. Dave Palmer is the host. Good morning to you, Dave. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Um, what would the ox say? That's the sort of the title of today's <laughs> program. What would the ox say? Um, you know, not the fox and that crazy song that came out, I guess, a couple of years ago. But what would the ox say? We wanted to talk about pride versus humility, virtue versus vice. Uh, I think it's a, a pertinent conversation. Uh, but let's start with Back to the Father. What is your program about? Well, Back to the Father, as you mentioned, uh, it is airs at 2 o'clock Central Time, 3 o'clock Eastern Time every Friday. Of course, today it won't be on because we have the share going on, so it's preempted uh, by the share uh, But next Friday we'll be back on. And it's the only radio or slash social media program that I know that focuses exclusively on the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa Theologia. And so every week we take one aspect of it. We've had a show about the angels. We've had a show about what is heaven like? What is that experience like? We've had uh, a program about the attributes of God. And we tie it all together to the main theme, which I believe the Summa is all about, is that our life is a journey from God to God, hence the name Back to the Father. And so we're trying to help people on this exciting journey through life, which should be focused on our final end, which is union with God. Now, uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas, doctor of the church, we call him the angelic doctor. He's sort of the standard for uh, theology and moral theology in the church, is he not? He is, yeah. In fact, uh, he lived in the 13th century, died around 1275. Of course, that was the the high age of Christendom and the, the medieval scholasticism. And when the Protestant Reformation uh, came around in the, the 16th century, uh, you know, Trent was the response. And some people may not realize that the fathers at the Council of Trent, which was kind of the response to the you know Protestant Reformation, 
uh, on the podium as they were putting together the documents for Trent, they had the Summa Theologia. Of course, they had other things. They had scripture and some writings of uh, popes. But one of the basis that they were using in Trent was St. Thomas Aquinas. And mm-hmm. so he is pretty much the gold standard. And he didn't finish the Summa. I mean, he, like his assistant finished it for him at the end, right? Blessed Reginald. Yeah, that's that's right. He was the scribe and a very close associate of, of St. Thomas Aquinas. And the story goes, probably many people have heard that Thomas had a mystical experience of, uh, of our Lord uh, late in his life. And after he had had that experience, he famously said, everything that I've written is like straw to me, because once he had had that, mm. uh, you know, experience... You know, writing about him, which I, I'm a little resentful, <laughs> to be honest with you. I was like, Thomas, it's not just about you, buddy. I mean, we, we need it, you know? Uh, so he stopped writing, and then uh, Reginald He's so selfish, uh, Reynolds, Aquinas. Went, yeah. went back to his previous writings. Interestingly, Joe, uh, and Adrian probably knows this, uh, the, the end of the Summa was from writings that Thomas had done in his 20s, wow. in, in like early 30s. He was young, and so he had to go back and take commentary on like Peter Lombard and things like that. So it's all Thomas's writing, but it was compiled at the end by his, his scribe. That's wild. We're talking with Dave Palmer. He's the host of Back to the Father, uh, which is uh, it broadcast 2 p.m. every Friday across Facebook and YouTube and all the social platforms uh, with the GRN online tag. So you should check that out. Uh, but we want to dive into, with the time we have left, with pride versus humility and virtue versus vice. Uh, what did uh, the great doctor, the great ox, have to say about pride versus humility? Dave Palmer. Yeah, well, when Adrian asked me to be on and we're going to have this topic, it gave me an opportunity to go back to those particular questions uh, in the Summa about pride and humility. And as you might expect, they are questions right next to each other. They fall in the second part of the second part of the Summa where uh, Thomas is kind of going deep into the theological and the cardinal virtues. And it falls in the section on temperance, because he takes each one of the cardinal virtues, and then he talks about what is it, what are the uh, vices opposed to it, what are the virtues associated with it. So when we talk about temperance, of course, we're talking about moderation of natural desires that we have. And he's talking about the, the, the irascible passion of hope that we all have. We're all drawn to good things, things that are difficult to achieve. And... One thing I love about Thomas is that he's a very positive theologian, very positive uh, philosopher. So he realizes that, you know, humans have a natural desire for the good, a natural desire for excellence, because we are really excellent (laughs) creatures, you know, we're more excellent than our our pet dog fish. (laughs) And so humility. humility is basically a proper understanding of that desire for excellence that we all have the attainment of good in, in relationship with God. And pride is just the opposite. It's, it's inordinate. It's, it's, um, not, it's not properly ordered. And so we, we kind of throw God out of the picture and say, okay, I'm going to kind of pursue this excellence on my own, regardless of my relationship with God. I'm kind of going at it alone. Whereas humility steps in and says, whoa, <laughs> hold on there. Let's, let's moderate that. Let's get a proper understanding of this natural desire for goodness and and excellence. Now, with humility, though, isn't it the case that it can be often uh, confused with um, 
self-abasement. So, you know, I'm terrible. I'm not worthy. I'm horrible. Like, I think sometimes people think of humility in those terms and then they apply that filter to, uh, to, you know, like Our Lady in Scripture, for instance, they, or Our Lord, they sort of apply this, uh, this clouded vision of what humility really is. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and to use an example of like in this very moment, uh, you're the host of the program and I'm the guest. And if all of a sudden I start taking over as host of the program, uh, you know, that's, that's immoderate because I'm not the host. But at the same time, if I said, oh, Joe, I don't want to answer that because I'm just a, a stupid human being. And I, you know, what, what, what would you want to talk to me about? <laughs> You'd say, well, Dave, we asked you to be on because you have some expertise, right? So in all things, it's, it's a moderate, proper, balanced understanding of our relationship with God. And as you say, we can go either direction, too much or too little. But that, that's where, you know, all virtues fall in the mean, and they, they, we need to have a proper understanding of it. Now, I would probably... I would love to be more eloquent about pride itself, but I, I think I'm the most humble person on the planet, so I probably <laughs> should refrain uh, from speaking about pride. Maybe, but maybe you can give us an example of what uh, Thomas would say is to point out where the air of pride is lived most often. Yeah, well, he says uh, an inordinate desire for great things. And interestingly, you know, in light of kind of the, the, the cultural you know, kind of the, the elephant in the room, so to speak, of the month of June, where, you know, it's the pride parades, and every corporation yeah. has to celebrate pride, and it's, it's kind of, it's all in your face, right? Uh, it's, it's interesting, because he says that uh, inordinate pride will often lead to other vices, like inordinate speech, or dress, or boastfulness, and, and, and you know, and not to say every single person who's, you know, gay, so to speak, has all these characteristics, but if you watch these parades, they're typically over the top and you know very ostentatious, and 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 so we, we see that it sometimes manifests itself in an in, in overabundance of, of of pride and, and self love, and and the key with pride, as I mentioned before, is that it doesn't look at and pursue one's excellence in light of a proper relationship with God and understanding. You're God. I'm my man. Yes, I have a uh, you, you. You have excellence planned for me in a supernatural end, but I'm going to try to understand this within the context of my relationship with you. You know, it's interesting. I, we watched Chariots of Fire as a family, I think, the weekend before last. I hadn't seen that movie in 30-plus years. Um, and one of the aspects of that film, one of the runners, there was two runners. One was more prideful, and the other one was more humble. The more humble one, you know, he basically said, God made me fast, and I'm expected to be fast to give glory to God. That is a good a definition, a simple definition of humility. Would it not be? I think so. Yeah, he's put it within the context of a relationship with God. It's it's humble, but at the same time, we should realize that we're special, and God created us for a supernatural end, mm -hmm. and He's you know drawing us back to Himself, and so uh, it's 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 a balance. It's yeah. kind of like going out to eat, and you can eat too much or you could eat too little, but everything is is moderated, and I, I think that's where we we find that. Uh, that the pride versus humility kind of duality. I have to remind Adrian every day how special I am. So that's a <laughs> good idea. Well, he t he typically texts <laughs> me and tells me how special you are. Ah, too, so praise he, be to God. He, he, 
He's, he's getting the message, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you weren't supposed to tell him that. It, it inflates his head too much. Inflates his head too much. <laughs> we have about uh, three minutes left with Dave Palmer. He's the host of Back to the Father of Fridays at 2 o'clock at GRN Online. Go to f- Facebook, YouTube. You'll be able to find the program there. You can watch back episodes and get a, an education on the SUMA. It's very down-to-earth and easy to consume. Uh, but let's talk about virtue uh, versus vice for the next couple of minutes. Uh, so what's the story here with uh, Thomas Aquinas? What is he trying to tell us? in comparing these two things, virtue and vice. Dave Palmer. Yeah, well, virtue and vice are both habits, okay? So we, uh, uh, if you just have a, a good action, that, that's a good action. But when you have a virtue, it means that it has become habitual. You have a lot of different kinds of virtues, intellectual virtues, cardinal virtues, theological virtues. Uh, theological virtues are infused. They directly connect us to God. God is the object. You can't work on the theological virtues. They're provided to us as a gift. Uh, the cardinal virtues, you know, we can you know, acquire them. We can become better them. And when they become habitual, habitual, it means that we don't really have to think about it. And one day you you realize, you know, I, I am temperate in eating. I am temperate in the amount of uh, sleep I get. I'm temperate in my relationship with God and my level of humility or lack of pride. And, and when, you've, when you've reached that through either your own effort or through infusion, uh, you, you, have, you have a virtue and you've uh, fought back the vice. Amen. Praise be to God. What's going to be on the next episode of Back to the Father? Well, interestingly, I think we're going to talk about this. Oh, really? Because <laughs> uh, Adrian said, hey, what's, you know, it's, it's next Friday, so I hadn't picked a topic yet. And so when Adrian asked me to be on, he said, well, talk about your next topic. And I, I, I said, well, I haven't picked it yet, but now you've kind of forced the issue. <laughs> so uh, he gave me a suggestion, and I said, you know what, I, I think that's great. So we're going to go a little deeper in this whole uh, pride versus uh, humility, especially as it kind of is thrown in our face a lot during this yeah. month of June. Praise be to God. Well, Dave Palmer, host of Back to the Father, Fridays at 2 p.m., uh, GRN Online. If you go to the uh, YouTube channel, GRN Online, you'll be able to find the back catalogs there. You can also find them on the GRN Online Facebook page as well. Back to the Father. Check it out. And there's a podcast version as well on our website, grnonline.com. Dave Palmer, thank you. God bless you. God love you. All right. After the short break, Mark Alex coming on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. But that's not the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be joyful. Sadness is only an interlude. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. The Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him. The pagan must constantly seek after pleasure because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him. Joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. 
Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. New York's vaccine passport program could cost taxpayers up to $17 million. EU countries clear plan to ease cross-border tourism over the summer. The U.S. to donate 500 million Pfizer doses to poor nations, according to Reuters. The United States will spend $3.5 billion to buy and donate 500 million doses of the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine to some of the world's poorest countries, it said on Thursday, aging other G7 nations to follow suit. The vaccine donation, the largest ever by a single country, was announced before U.S. President Joe Biden meets leaders of the Group of Seven Advanced Economies in Western England. The Biden administration expects other G7 members to come up with contributions as part of a comprehensive roadmap to end a pandemic that has killed more than 3.9 million people. U.S. drugmaker Pfizer and its German partner, BioNTech, had earlier said they would provide 200 million doses in 2021 and 300 million doses in the first half of 2022. Also from Reuters, about 350,000 people in Ethiopia's Tigray in famine, according to UN analysis. More than 350,000 people in Ethiopia's Tigray are suffering famine conditions, with millions more at risk, according to an analysis by United Nations agencies and aid groups that blamed conflict for the worst catastrophic food crisis in a decade. The number of people in famine conditions is higher than anywhere in the world. At any moment since a quarter million Somalis lost their lives in 2011, the UN aid chief said on Thursday, after the release of the Integrated Food Security Phase Classification, or IPC, analysis, which the IPC noted has not been endorsed by the Ethiopian government. More than most of the 5.5 million people in Tigray need food aid. Fighting broke out in the region in November between government troops and the region's former ruling party, the Tigray People's Liberation Front. Troops from neighboring Itria also entered the conflict to support the Ethiopian government. The violence has killed thousands of civilians and forced more than two million from their homes in the mountainous region. This severe crisis results from the cascading effects of conflict, including population displacements, movement restrictions, limited humanitarian access, loss of harvest and livelihood assets, and dysfunctional or non-existent markets, the IPC analysis found. The Ethiopian government disputed the IPC analysis, saying food shortages are not severe and aid is being delivered. Grab your rosaries and get your emails ready because the Catholic World Report has just reported that pro-life leaders warn of the agrarious new pro-abortion bill. Pro-life leaders warn that an agrarious bill introduced this week in Congress would override most state abortion regulations, require health care workers to perform abortions, and mandate federal funding of abortion. Six Democratic senators reintroduced the Women's Health Protection Act on Tuesday. The bill has been introduced in each Congress since 2013, but has never received a vote in either chamber. In a joint release, the member offices said the bill has 48 total co-sponsors in the Senate and 176 in the House. 
if it were to be enacted into law, the bill would grant patients the right to undergo an abortion and healthcare workers the right to perform an abortion. It would prohibit states from restricting abortions through laws requiring mandatory ultrasounds or waiting periods before an abortion. It would also block restrictions on pre-viability um, abortions and on the method of abortions. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Friday. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up today. I want to thank GloryAndShine.com. GloryAndShine.com for generously underwriting our, our Catholic Drive Time program. Thank you for your support, GloryAndShine.com, making uh, healthcare products like, not healthcare, but like uh, soaps and body mists and, and beard care. Beard care, which is something I've been using now, and uh, I think I kind of like it. Uh, it makes the beard nice and soft, and the packaging is even more beautiful because they implement the Sacred Heart of Christ and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and it's just really gorgeous. And We just can't say enough to thank them for their generous support of our program. Gloryandshine.com. Speaking of beautiful beards, uh, Mark Houck, my buddy uh, from the Kingsman Apostolate, is on with us. Good morning to you, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Uh, if I ever need to feel good about myself, I just got to join GRN Live. <laughs> well, Catholic Drive Time anyway, but because uh, we go way back. But That's you know, right. you are right. you're what 10, 20 years older than me. You got a nice, be- beautiful, gray, full beard there. Uh, for those uh, listening on radio, just let me describe that. It's a full white Santa Claus looking beard, and uh, you know, I, so I'm now I know what to look forward to down the road. That's right. You're two months older than me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, praise be to God. Uh, uh, Mark, you've, uh, we, we brought you on to really talk about this uh, new retreat experience you're offering up. But, you know, I wanted to emphasize, you've been doing men's retreats now for 15 years or more? That's right. Um, 15 years full-time, um, 17 years uh, if we go all the way back. But 15 years full-time, we've been uh, offering men's ministry uh, this August, the Feast of St. Augustine. So we've been designing and creating uh, retreats to help men um, grow in their identity as men, as leaders, protectors, and providers. And we we always try to give them something that what different than what they're normally getting. Yeah. And um, and that's uh, I don't know. It's just it's just try to find the need and fill it. Um, and we've had a, a knack for doing it, and we just designed a new one, which I'm blessed to share with your audience today. Before we jump into that, though, I, I want to tie into something I was talking with Dave Palmer in the last segment about. Uh, we were talking about Thomas Aquinas and, and pride versus humility. What do you say is the number one struggle most men have um, when it comes to, especially when it comes to healing, like holding on to that, that wound, holding on to that grudge, holding on to that brokenness from whatever in their life? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. Men are complex. So you know, as complex as they are, their, 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 their struggles are as equally as complex. But I would say it's hard for men to be vulnerable, uh, to face themselves. And maybe that comes to the pride, the pride issue. But um, the biggest obstacle I see for men is unforgiveness of self. And, and that really deals with, um, you, you know, just the, the, the pride, yes. You know, because if you don't think you can be forgiven, then, of course, it comes to your pride and it moves into the despair mode. But they, they struggle with unforgiveness of others, too. Um, uh, you know, with someone that hurt them or wounded them. And then as they move away from that, uh, you know, it could be, you know, the self-medication really brings in the self. 
And so it really is a twofold uh, unforgiveness issue whereby there was a wound, there was a trauma, mm. there was something that happened. And then as they medicate post that, it, it becomes self-inflicted wounding. And that becomes this package of unforgiveness that is extremely difficult. And unless a man is willing to be vulnerable and let go, as you say, you know, just surrender, uh, it becomes one of these uh, insurmountable like kind of things for guys or it's almost – uh, it's really hard to penetrate because they they have sworn off these people. They said they'll go to their grave sometimes, uh, not forgiving the, this person for what they did to them. So again, this this umbrella of unforgiveness is really is really the issue. I think. Do you find it's easier? I know it's. I, I'm thinking of myself here. I almost find it's easier to forgive others than it is myself. Like it's a lot easier to forgive other people than it is myself. It's hard to forgive myself. Sure. Well, we're, you know, the mandate, the biblical mandate is to forgive others, right? Seven times 70. And Christ is always talking about turning the other cheek and, 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 and forgiving. Um, he doesn't often talk about self. Um, maybe they take that for granted. I don't know. But yeah, I think we, we're like, okay, at least I'm doing this. But then when it comes to ourself, we're, we're probably the hardest on ourselves. And I think it is easier to extend forgiveness than to be than to than to treat ourselves kindly, um, you know we 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 are harder on ourselves I think sometimes than the devil can be. Uh, we beat ourselves up, you know, so much that the devil just backs away and just lets us do the dirty work sometimes. And what about that uh, sense of machismo, which is so prevalent in many among many men in many different cultures? Uh, do you think there's a sense here where? It would be weakness if we were vulnerable. It would be weakness if we forgave. That's a good question. And I think culturally speaking, sometimes it could be looked upon like that. Um, but we know when we are weak, we are strong. And and so, again, to the Christian, uh, it should not be an issue. But for men, um, it is. Because, again, we, we, we don't want anyone to know um, that we are struggling, that we are weak, that we are broken, that we are, um, you know, just, uh, just, just like everybody else. Everyone wants to kind of hide behind the fig leaf, and men especially. So whether that's machismo, oh, machismo or the sin of Adam, I don't know. But, um, you know, we all want to hide. We go into hiding when we don't like ourselves. Uh, I know men are struggling when I don't hear from them for, for a while. And I have a lot of men that I connect with. And when they go dark on me, I know they're struggling with something. And then the same with me. You know, if I'm quiet or reserved or I don't feel as, as inviting to others, maybe it's because I'm struggling with something. And usually it is. I know when I sin, I'm not as happy a dad. I'm not as happy as a husband. So there's this natural tendency to hide because we don't feel good. We don't feel right. And I think it is normal. Uh, but, but, yes, to fight that, the urge, and to, and to move into the weakness realm and to go to confession – and to confess our sins to others. I just confessed to a, uh, at an abortion mill to a, an abortion worker. If I offended them any way, I'm really sorry. You know, I, I, I want to be the best example of Christ that I can be, but it's not, it doesn't always come out that way. Mm. Well, we're talking with Mark Houck from the King's Men, the King's Men Apostolate. It's got a brand new uh, retreat experience out. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to dive into the details of that new retreat offering for military veterans. DavidRetreat.com is the website. DavidRetreat.com. Don't go anywhere. Mark Houck is going to be coming up right after this break. 
Saint Paul tells us to pray always. Easy for him to say. One minute, monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. But how are we to pray in the middle of a tense day at the office, while rushing to get the shopping done and get home, while picking up our kids and their friends for soccer? In his rule, Saint Benedict has a suggestion for us. He took short Bible verses or other sayings, such as "O、oh、God, come to my assistance," "Lord, make haste to help me," or "Lord, help." These short prayers are like darts, which are small and fly straight to their target. Since these prayers are short, we can pray them at any time with full intention. Thus, they too fly straight to God and reach their mark. For your free copy of the Rule of Saint Benedict, visit oneminutemonk.com. O N E minutemonk.com. So open your Bible, perhaps to the Psalms, and find those darts you can use through the day, and you too can be like Saint Paul and pray always. Howdy! This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be the Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We're talking with Mark Houck from the King's Men Apostolate, helping men, forging men into leaders, protectors, and providers to the men God created them to be. For now, going on 17 years. Praise be to Jesus. And we're talking about a brand new retreat offering that he has put together for、uh, military veterans. Mark, welcome back to the program. Always for having me. So tell me about this. David、uh, is the name of this. It's a healing retreat for veterans. Tell me all about it. Sure. Well, as you as you well know, as a, a veteran, we're 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 losing twenty two vets a day, and that number is a bit skewed because that that brings in a little bit of the World War Two vets that are that are dying of of natural deaths. But we're losing a lot of vets each day, and this has been on my heart for a number of a year a number of years. Uh, we've ministered to a lot of vets over the years. Joe, you know, is a veteran. You know the pain there with a lot of these guys.、Um, I just through a lot of prayer, we decided to take our existing healing retreat, which is called Samson, and mo- modify it to it or adapt it, I should say, to address、uh, veterans and specifically combat veterans, but veterans in general. And、uh, we wanted to give it new branding, new packaging, and that's why it has David because we're going to focus on. Um, king David, who was a warrior, a king, and a, and a soldier,、uh, and and a very wounded man in a, in his own journey, and and develop that out along with the theology of the cross, which、uh, mirrors the Samson program, which you've been a part of, and、uh, we're going to tweak a few of the activities、uh, for the men as well to really bond them as a band of brothers. So are, are the guy who's going to come to this. Uh, retreat. It's November the 18th through the 21st. It's this is going to be in New Jersey. That's right. For now, it's in New Jersey. But I, I could foresee if the you know the Archdiocese of the military is fully behind it.、Um, uh, Auxiliary Bishop Joe Coffey, vicar for the Veteran Affairs, he、uh, he's going to be there as, as a co-chaplain. The Archbishop、wow. in the military has fully blessed it. Praise be to God.、And、so I could see it. Moving around to even bases, if if、uh, the military really wants to bring this to their vets,、um, 
But yes, I could see it. I could see it traveling. But for now, it's in New Jersey and Hamilton, New Jersey. And the guy who's going to come to this, is this a guy who had served in combat or just served in the military? Right. Yeah. So again, it, it by by in its heart is is truly to help the combat veteran, mm. but it's for all veterans. You know, um, guys stateside. Uh, you know, it, again, no one's there except me, who's not a veteran. Uh, <laughs> everyone is is there to uh, to heal together. We're wounded in relationship, and in the military, it's a it's a whole family, right? So we have Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines. Um, you know. We'll have National Guardsmen, I'm sure, there. Um, uh, we'll have all the branches represented. The the Air Force is also going to be there? Oh, did I not mention them? I'm well, sorry. You, you did, but now I'm like, I don't know if I can go. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just teasing. I'm only teasing. Good grief. Uh, <laughs> praise be to God. Uh, so let's talk about the healing aspect of this. I, the Samson Retreat is a pretty profound retreat experience. Uh, it's also one that I imagine... It takes a lot to get a guy to go to uh, because of how vulnerable and personal the experience tends to be. I don't want to give away the secrets of the experience, but knowing knuckleheads like I do, having looked in the mirror at one for now 47 years, uh, it's hard to get a guy to be this vulnerable. How do you go about that? Sure. Well, you're right. It it does take a while. I think it takes two to three years sometimes to vet somebody uh, to come to this retreat uh, on my end to, to kind of introduce the concept about 90% of the guys that have come to our healing programs are guys that we've ministered to in other areas. So there's already familiarity there, which helps a lot. However, there's still this delay. I don't know if I'm ready kind of attitude or, you know what, not yet. Um, and that's of course, okay. You know, we, we don't have to push a man, but it does take some time. I don't know if that's going to be true for the combat veterans. I really don't know, or the the vets. And the only reason I say that is because I've never done it before. But I know that I know that the the veteran affairs and and the military is really struggling to to find answers for these guys. And the VA is not really able to provide adequate support. And we know that healing can be found in the sacramental life of the church. And who knows? Perhaps these guys will be that hungry. We already have we already have our first sign up, and we just went live. This week. So. Praise be to God. How many guys are you looking for? Uh, I, I expect it to be sold out, and uh, 28 will be our max. So um, we'll be doing the Stations of the Cross. So it's max at 28 because we have 14 stations, and we'll have two, two, two guys working each station. But um, really, the facility can't hold much more than 30. So, um, so that's really where we're at by virtue of that. So – what are the kinds of wounds that men struggle from that are going to be addressed at this kind of retreat? Well, number one, PTSD, uh, you know, that uh, the post-traumatic stress of, of the combat, um, for sure. And, and we've dealt with that before with, with veterans that have come to, to Samson and just the, the brain trauma, the trauma repetition, um, you know, the things that, that they, they've witnessed. And we've done this even with first responders here in the U.S. We've had 9/11 responders, so we know that's going to be prevalent. Uh, I, the guys have already, already said that it's prevalent. You know, the guys that I know that want to come that haven't signed up yet. So you know, we'll be we'll be working through that, and we'll be inviting Christ into that that wound, and uh, and that's really what we do. We do nothing clinical there. It's always it's always sacramental healing. It's always Eucharistic healing, but we'll be inviting Christ into the place of the wound. 
and um, and allowing that to to do its to do the work. And of course, forgiveness and the journey of forgiveness and forgiving themselves. And and one of our priests uh, who will be there, we'll have three priests actually there. Oh wow! Uh, in addition to the bishop, and one of our priests does guided imagery prayer, and it actually helps men. That's in particular heal from, from, from bad memories. And I remember this one particular time we had um, uh, a Vietnam vet who said he hadn't slept a full night's sleep in 35 years. Like just, you know, complete sleep where you yeah. wake up and you fall asleep and the next thing you know it's morning. He never slept like that. He was always haunted waking up to the images he's, he had of his buddies being shot up in, in Vietnam. Well, the priest who's coming to this retreat will be there. He, he said to him, why don't you pray for your buddies tonight before you go to bed? Just try that. And he did it through a guided imagery prayer experience. And the man said, okay. And next morning he saw him at the retreat and he said, how did you sleep? He said, I slept for the very first time. So some of these guys have never even been invited to pray with wow. these, this wounding that they have. They feel isolated mostly. Yeah, you would know better than me, but I would think so. Yeah. So I imagine part of this retreat experience is just going to be camaraderie, just going to be fraternity among brothers. It has to be. And that's why it has to be vets only, because, you know, I, although I played athletics and sports and I can relate to the training regimen and I'm there, you know, mostly just to facilitate. Uh, I really, I'm not going to be giving a talk. Um, the vets are giving talks. Um, the, the bishop will be giving talks to the chaplains. Um, I'll just be guiding them along the journey. Um, but it has to be that comradeship from the military and, and all the branches. And, and again, they speak the same language. Um, when they say something, they'll, they'll understand. Whereas I try to relate. I mean, I can, I can only go so far. But uh, again, like whether it's in another arena as well, um, you know, the medical field, or you know, sometimes it takes one to know one. And so uh, although, you know, maybe in time we'll see that that's not the case, by design, we want it to be the case, at least initially. So it's a, a retreat experience for veterans, and it's going to, uh, it's going to be a pretty powerful opportunity. Um, what, like, what are some of the costs? Obviously, travel to New Jersey is a, among the consideration, but sure. you know, what sure. are the costs so, for the retreat experience? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's always costs, especially with a new program. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you got to buy new polos for your staff. you got to put a program booklet together. And there's just always a lot of overhead and getting something ramped up. But that said, we never turn a vet away for, for money or anybody for that matter at any of our programs. If they're having money issues, we, we offer financially. But the basic cost is $450. Um, sounds like a lot. And, and I guess for some it could be. Um, but for others, maybe not so much. But, you know, we have, again, payment plans and financial aid scholarships if needed. Uh, to help subsidize that cost. Now, this is the on the same grounds as uh, the Samson retreat that I went to. Yes, the same exact grounds. So that's we know is saturated and holy place. Uh, but yes, that's that's where we're doing it. The Discovery House in Hamilton, New Jersey. That's a beautiful place. They they really uh, they've uh, the garden and the sort of there's like a station of the cross. There's just this beautiful garden in the back of the house. Or the house is very nice. The facilities are great. And one of the big key, uh, I think, real bennies out of a TKM uh, so, sort of retreat is the food. You always eat very very well. Well, we're going to uncomfortable places at these programs, <laughs> even at our Into the Wild program that we do. And we got to give them comfortable food. If you're going to go to an uncomfortable place, man, we're not there to diet. We're not there to like stick to any, you know, regimen. 
We want them to feel good when they're eating and have that joy of when, you know, mama made a, a nice pot pie or something or, or something from their past, a, a pie, uh, something that just will fill them with oh, excitement. You know, we want the food to be pleasurable. God made food pleasurable because he wants us to do it. Now, he doesn't want us to do it the gluttony, but so our food is always going to be very inviting, very comfortable, uh, soups, stews, you know, all the things that on a, on a November day are going to be just what guys looking for. Fresh bread. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, the event is, uh, the retreat rather, is called David Retreat. Uh, DavidRetreat.com is the website. It's a healing retreat for veterans. Uh, November 18th through the 21st. Uh, let me encourage the audience, please do us a favor and share this with your friends and your family who have served in the military. This is a guy's, it's a guy's retreat. Um, maybe someday there'll be a, a retreat similar like this for, for women, but uh, this is a men's retreat. And share that that URL, davidretreat.com, davidretreat.com. I mean, it's so good, they're even going to let Air Force vets in as well. <laughs> Take that. I'm just I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Send your hate mail to someone else. I'm just I'm getting him. getting him. All right. Mark out. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for your, your time. Thank you for your service to our, to our vets. We appreciate that very, very much. Thank you for your service, Joe. And thanks for letting me come on Catholic Drive Time. I got it. <laughs> nice beard again. Praise be to God. DavidRetreat.com is the website. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you want to hang out with us for the second hour, you got to wait till 9 o'clock Central, 10 Eastern. You can watch us live right on our webpage, grnonline.com forward slash CDT on YouTube or on Facebook. For our last hour of share week, we'll be back on Monday with our regularly scheduled two-hour program, Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6 verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19 verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? 
No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again, and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5 verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe and just as the Bible clearly teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again.
This is Kyle. He invented one wheel to destroy boredom.